0: Hey there. What's going on, bro? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you loud and clearly. It took a minute. Technology, right? Yo, like, for real, like, my my phone wasn't allowing me to do it. Thank God. I'm so happy that this worked. Oh, my God. (laughs) All right. (sighs) Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Beats, though. This is episode eight. This is your host, Calypso Beats. I thank you guys for tuning in today, tonight, this morning. I am so honored to be introducing Garth Mill. I grew up with him, we went to school together. The only thing that I really remember about Garth was that he was an excellent drawer. He used to draw a lot of like Marvel comics and I think his uh, favorite um, Marvel character was Wolverine. So Garth. What up, what up, what up? How are you, bro? I'm okay, do you hear those birds chirping, man?
1: It is a beautiful day. I hope you don't hear the the construction outside and all that
0: (laughs) I try to I try to tune it out as best as I can but so um Garth can you tell us a little bit about yourself what do you do how did you become this creative person so early on I think
1: in my household I was given a lot of leeway to experiment okay also I had like a pretty isolated childhood I would say Okay. my sister came and in that interim like you know you figure out things to do and, and one of them happened to be drawing so my daddy used to be a DJ so like I used to have a house full of music and um, just found myself drawing a lot listening to music and things like that so it's, it's a natural comfort zone for me to be in an element just listening to music and like drawing and figuring things out
0: So music and drawing the accompaniment of music while you're creating is something that is just completely natural to you. Yeah. And that's how I get into it.
1: But like, honest, when I'm actually in it, in it, like when I was younger, it didn't really matter. But like now it's like, okay, you know, when I want to focus, like I want to remove as much distraction as possible.
0: Can we get into why Wolverine? I think it's got more to you
1: because Wolverine is just a character to me a pantheon kind of thing so with x-men more specifically it just gave me a lot to to play with so it goes through all the x-men characters not really just wolverine specifically but like anyone like cyclops or storm or you know anyone and it gave me a creative release because it was like you know people were imagining these things putting it in the way that like I could dig at that time. I grew more of an appreciation for the art. The superhero has this power, and this one has this power, and what if these two people fight, and da-da-da-da-da. As you get older, it's like, okay, you know, how's this plot playing out? What's the dialogue like? What's this artist doing? Like, how is he doing his shading, or his lines, or, like, how is he constructing form? What things is he using? What things is, is he neglecting? And things like that. Th- those are the questions that start to come up. That's how pretty much you start growing as an artist, I guess, opinions about people's
0: work. So you more so critique other people's work and that in turn makes you a better artist. I think so. I think developing your own
1: taste is is a big part of finding your style. Cause I think if you go online, you know, people always like the the get rich quick thing is like, oh, this is how you develop a style or whatever. Right. You, you figure out, okay, I like this, 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 and this. I can do this okay let me see if I can get closer to that and closer to that and closer to that Mm -mm. and out of that process you know at the end of the day you just happen to have your own style.
0: To be honest with you, as many years as I've been creating music and creating all different types of art, I've never really looked at it in that way. You know, like I'm kind of like looking at what other people are doing and saying, I like this, I'm, I'm going to pull this, I'm going to pull that. I'm gonna pull. That's that's very unique.
1: You're all great artists still, bro.
0: <laughs> this is true.
1: If you really think about it, nobody's really coming up with anything original, turning the dial on like what they like. And then what comes out at the end of the day, that's something unique to you. Nobody right. has to like think what you think or like do the the mental process to get to where you got to. So that's how you stay original.
0: Basically you're saying like to that artist and their journey is particular to them. So they're gonna be able to pull whatever they need to pull, whatever they think is necessary for their specific journey. Yeah. What types of drawings are you doing now?
1: Presently, I just got some new tools. So, like, I'm experimenting more with, like, digital art. And, and that's a whole nother thing, because, like, my comfort zone is, like, a pencil and pen and a pad. And, like, just figuring things out that way. And um, just moving more these days to learning the digital process and, like, getting comfortable in that environment and using different colors, masks, layers, and all that kind of stuff right just finding like my my new sweet spot in that in that zone so
0: what do you think about going from using like traditional art materials into using digital way of like working with with art and creating art
1: i'm glad that i went from traditional to digital instead of having to go from digital to traditional the motor skills transfer over the the vision and stuff transfers over. I don't know how that would work backwards, though.
0: I spent maybe like a a few years painting. Mm -hmm. Once again, I pulled a lot of my inspiration from you know Basquiat and Keith Heron. So I kind of brought all those guys together and I started painting. First time picking up a brush, it's sort of like, you don't really know what you're doing, but in a way, you know what feels comfortable to you and you know what image you you desire to create. Mm. It's a lot of control. Yeah, a lot of control, and the process of going through that, it's fun. It's hard, it's difficult. I don't think it's the same as sitting in art class and drawing a fruit bowl or something. I always thought that was difficult. It's different. What do you think about having too much in this digital age? Well, a few things.
1: Personally, I've only been to one graduate or or college level art class. Okay. Okay. Like, all the learning that I've done is like picking up books, figure drawing. As far as the, the information online, like, there's a plethora of information you can get from anywhere. I think the best advice I can give is, like, find one source and complete it. <laughs> like, whatever that is, right? Whether that's, like, a, a YouTube uh, playlist or a book, that that's the advice I would give my, my younger self. Just, just finish it. Mm-hmm. And then move on to the next thing. Because you can get swamped by all the information. And the information is still going to be there when you're done. So... In the meantime, just like focus on that one thing for the moment, and right. get what you need to get, and then bounce.
0: Gotcha. You're not only an artist, but you're also an artist with coding.
1: Yeah, different type of creative vibe, but definitely
0: building in in that same zone sort. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Now, how did you come upon? computer coding well when i was younger like we, when we were in school or whatever we used to have
1: like computer classes not like a, a formal computer class but like you know we used to make uh shapes on computer screens and like make it turn and all that kind of stuff but all those are like lines of codes so it's just giving the computer information to do things and getting right with that concept and it just so happened that at the time like my dad was he was still a dj still doing some promotion stuff during the summer and stuff doing concerts but during the cold months he was learning how to do he was learning how to build and fix computers and things like that so I started to have like more more computers around me to play around with and and do that kind of stuff so it got me comfortable at a young age with being around computers and being you know one of the people in the house where like if something goes wrong you know people go to go to me and be like okay you know figure it out so a lot of my life has been like okay this this doesn't work figure it out and it just turns out that you know as a programmer now that's pretty much what you do all day you you build and you test and then something breaks and then you fix it that's pretty much what that is so in coming up my my dad started doing um fixing computers eventually got a, a store in the bronx and all that kind of stuff got set up in high school did like a little computer class around the c programming language c plus plus and it was boring as hell <laughs> that experience kind of pushed me away or discouraged me a little bit from being a programmer 'cause I was okay. to do, like real low level thinking about like how I want this computer to work. And thinking from that perspective to see like what I like what my dreams were at that time or what I wanted to build about, yo, this is gonna take forever. And I think it really discouraged me. So like the senior year I took this site class with uh, Mr Nicholas over at uh, Archbishop Malloy. Okay. He was so charismatic and like just dumping information on the students kind of thing. And it was fun. It showed me how much I enjoyed humans and the dialogue and the structure of humans as far as like a social thing and a psychological thing. Mm-hmm. And that just like fascinated fascinated me to no end. So that pretty much like kickstarted that whole journey into psychology and like figuring out not only other humans but myself.
0: So you were initially in computers, and then you went to psychology or were you in psychology and then went to computers? Well,
1: in life, computers, and then moved to psychology. But right. from, from college, I would say I would started with psychology. And then after I left college, that's when the, the independent study started and then I got back into computers after my stint with cancer and figuring out, OK, let me see what kind of life I wanted to construct for myself because I was like, I, I wasn't going to do the if I was going to do a nine to five, I was I was going to feel like a certain way, like remote kind of thing like i didn't want to be tied to like an office or something like that because i wasted a lot of time like in commute to jobs and from jobs and like that wasn't for me like i wanted that that part to be like under my control
0: okay after being diagnosed what made you switch your mind from being in psychology
1: um i think the answer to that comes like when i'm when i'm in isolation over in stony brook and I'm, I'm sitting there really contemplating like what I really want to do with the rest of my life kind of thing and I was like you know I, I think I could really do coding longer than I could probably do psychology really for me to jump back into it and like do all that kind of stuff I was like ah, I don't know if I want to be like tied down in that type of way like if I wanted to I want to learn I'm, I want to do like on, on my pace kind of thing so that's kind of like where that started just like figuring out how do I create the life that I want mm-hmm. and what is already around me or what can I touch that can get me closer to that and yeah. kind of having to be one of those things where I could like jump in And because I already have, like, a baseline knowledge of certain things, it's not a difficult transition.
0: This is my thing. Like, I remember doing coding back in, like, elementary school, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, like, making the shapes, the squares, the circles, and all these different types of shapes and stuff like that. And I didn't particularly think that that thing was that fun at that time. And I didn't see, and I also didn't see, like, the use of it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's very important to communicate to their students where and when you can use these things. It's sort of like when somebody's teaching somebody to ride a bike, they just kind of put that kid on the bike and just, you know, tell them what to do. Pedal, watch the other kids see what's going on and, and make, give them a push. The way how people teach technology, I think back then it was more like, if it was in the aspects of teaching somebody how to ride a bike, they'll be like, come out of a room with like just the handlebar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they're like, this is a handlebar. And you're like, okay, so like, it's a handlebar. To what? They're giving you like bits and bits and bits and bits. It takes very long, you know, to, to really understand what types of coding are you really into now? Because I heard you said C++ was boring, right? In college.
1: Uh, right now, I'm pretty much in the web stack. So, like, mostly JavaScript right now. Um, plenty of programming languages out there, but I think JavaScript is going to have the most um, long-term staying power, mm. Just because it's, like, it's ingrained in the web so as long as there's a web there's going to be javascript kind of thing that's how that works mm-hmm. and there's no shortage of opportunities not just just coding or whatever but in the in the software development field there's just so much to do so even if i'm not coding like at a keyboard or whatever there's other things that i could be doing
0: coding and drawing
1: hmm. Like I would say it's like different muscles, right? Um with drawing I'm I'm relying on like my my vision. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always correcting with my vision. With coding it's a little bit different. Like I'm not using my vision so much, like I vision comes in when you take a step back from your code and you look at it Mm -hmm. your style and by the style you can tell like the quality kind of it's it's a weird thing but you can pretty much tell if something is gonna break if you can zoom out a little bit and look at like how you stacked your logic right and I don't think there's there's much overlap, more so than that. Okay. If I'm like, how you prepare. So like, okay. have like, their workflow kind of. So like when I draw, it's like I have an idea, and then I get some references, and then I start sketching, and then from the sketches, I like, I flesh those out, like the ideas that I like. And mm-hmm. you know, like I start going in and then I start like actually putting something together. And that could take days Same thing or um coding. It's like I have an idea, like I wireframe it, I look I look at it like okay, you know, this makes sense. Like what else do I want to add to it? I may look in some other sites like Dribble or Awesome, mm-hmm. and look at like what other creators are doing the same thing like I would do with art
0: those are like references that you use that you pull from to create something
1: yeah so like what's fresh all right you don't want your site looking like it came from like 1995 or whatever (laughs)
0: looking like my face (laughs) right
1: (laughs) you got the music thing in the bottom corner or whatever
0: yeah the music player (laughs)
1: like ah so oh man so that's how that goes and like you just get to work kind of you just put the pieces together. How long
0: have you actually been coding? I
1: would say about four years good like four years like actually doing things like on a journey kind of thing. I think before that it was more so like I was touching it and like okay, I don't know. And it's like, I was overwhelmed by the information. You can just jump in, it's like, all these programming languages, where do I start kind of thing. Right. And then you get enough information, and you talk to enough people and it's like, okay, if you want to make it simpler for yourself, like look at jobs and like what, what do they require or say they want and then work backwards. Mm. So in that sense, it's like, okay, I trimmed down a lot of the information that I actually needed And then started working from there. CSS and the JavaScript is something that's like baseline for something, someone like me. And then you start learning like frameworks like React and Node.js and things like that. Right. Your ability to do things on the team. And I think more so coding would be like a team sport and art is like a, a single player kind of thing. Unless you're collaborating and doing things like that. And that just depends on the the type of art that you're trying to create.
0: We were speaking on the different rabbit holes that we went through individually. How important do you think that is? And do you think that that's a process that all kids have to go through in order to figure out what they actually want to do?
1: I would say, yeah. I would say it's, especially for artists, it's, almost mandatory but i would say that it it's better in conjunction with other things that are keeping you like stable because there is a, a potential of like ending up lost kind of if you don't have any like structure to it unless you're just like that boastful and like you can just ram through all the, the roadblocks it's
0: ramming through the roadblocks
1: yeah like i've met some people that like probably have no business doing x y or z but because they feel that they should be doing X, Y, and Z. Nothing can Mm -hmm. really stop them.
0: What was your rabbit hole that you went down as a kid that caused you to come to this point now in your life?
1: What rabbit holes did I go down? (laughs) I think I've been down so many rabbit holes, though. (laughs) Like, religion and psychology and... Cooking, like there's there's so many rabbit holes that I've I've been down. Like the, I'm on a on a gardening rabbit hole right now. Like um but I think it's important for everybody to have something to nerd out about more more importantly. Like something mm. that they're passionate about, even if it's not something that they feel like is externally important to other people. It's mm. just something for them to have that intellectual curiosity about. And in that process, they'll they'll find things about themselves and the world that's going to be important or meaningful to them and that they can use in other areas of their life. Whatever that looks like, you know, indulge in it for a little bit. Because there's not too many things that we can really claim that's ours. But we, we have our likes and our dislikes and our memories and things like that. So what you nerd out about is a part of you.
0: When I was a kid, my brother, had a computer this was like back in maybe the 90s or so Mm -hmm. he was creating some sort of video game like very simple platform video game like super mario or something
1: okay
0: it was very basic it was like it was like a line on the screen some kind of figure like a human being figure this figure just jumping up and down through this scrolling platform game i was taken back by it because i was like Oh, this is how you make video games. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, like but as a kid, you don't you don't know the amount of people that it takes to make a video game. Oh man. And how much work goes into it. You know, coding is a thing that everybody is going to have to know pretty much, fashion.
1: Yeah. I think that's where we're going to go in the future as far as like there's going to be a baseline level of coding that you probably need to know. And because like there's going to be so much abstraction from automation or whatever. So like whatever automation can handle is probably what you're going to be able to handle. Whatever abstraction level we've gotten to as far as automation goes, to know some level of coding to go beyond that, to do little bits. So I think that's one of the ways that people can job proof themselves in the future as far as how we're going.
0: When? You talk about drones and dogs, like robotic dogs and robots. People get scared because they just don't understand how these things work. They don't understand how they make the decisions that they make. So they automatically get on a defensive about it. And I'm more so the type of person that I look at these things and I'm like, I'm not scared of it. I really want to know how these things work and how do they make the decisions that they make. The deeper and deeper I go into computers and graphics and all these different things, I've realized that a lot of these things are just code that people have just put into these things. Yeah. Ultimately, it all goes back to a creative process. And that creative process comes from a human being. At the end of the day. What does the future for Garth Miller look like? Ah. Uh, ah. Uh, maybe a couple of businesses? Ah. Uh, okay.
1: Living remotely and operating businesses that way, having a remote team, and yeah,
0: seeing what the clients need. Cool. This allows you to have the freedom to live and experience life to its fullest. We're
1: trying to get there, not just there yet. I think right now, like I'm in the phase where I'm still on the grind kind of thing. But what I'm working towards is is that future. And I don't think I have to wait that long, honestly. Yeah, it just takes a little bit more legwork and a little bit more investment as far as like getting the, the right people consistently in the right places. Like the blueprint's already made is just doing the
0: legwork. Garth, this was a great discussion that I had with you today. We talked about everything from computers to video games (laughs) to the Marvel Universe. It was a great conversation. Thank you, bro. Thank you for being on the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Calypso Beats for The Beats, though. Have a great day, great evening, great morning. You can find my show at thebeatsdo.com or you can email me for suggestions. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, you can email me at thebeatsdoe at gmail.com. And Garth, how can people reach you if they need to find you about coding questions? I would say I'm most
1: frequently on Instagram. Like I'm not posting as frequently, but I would say look at me on Instagram at Garth Miller. It's spelled G A R T H. M.I.L.L.E.R.
0: Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great night, great morning, great evening. Peace.